Welcome to another episode of the Inside Insights Podcast, where we take a dive inside the minds of people doing outside of the ordinary. My name is Kevin Renner and I am your host. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. This episode features a big entrepreneur from the St. Louis area. His name is Garrett Atkins. So Garrett told his entrepreneurial story on how he went from job hopping and working sales jobs for a span of several years to eventually starting and operating his own digital marketing agency here in St. Louis called Vi Media. Garrett is also involved in a few other side businesses as well. So he he was able to give some perspective on the different types of businesses that he likes to partner with, and he likes to pick specific businesses that complement his marketing agency, something that I thought was really interesting. Uh, On top of that, he he gives some perspective on personal branding, how important that is as an entrepreneur and how he plans to leverage that moving forward. He also just talks about how he manages his time and and, and how he is able to be involved in all these businesses and and some of the, the daily routines he does, which is something that I think is so important and is a key ingredient to being successful. As always, guys, If you like the content that we're putting out there or just like the message that we're promoting, send the episode to a friend, show some love on social media, leave us a review on our Apple podcast page. It all means so much in growing this brand and just growing this podcast. And I really do mean it when I say it means the world to me. Um, If you guys aren't already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. That way you get notified when new episodes come out. And thank you guys so, so much for all the support I've been getting. So we are back with another episode of the Inside Insights podcast, and we got um, a really cool guest today. His name is Garrett Atkins. So Garrett, appreciate you for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, thank you for coming on the show, and thank you for having me in the studio right now. This of is, course. This is the first time I've been in like a legit studio, and like I was saying before we hopped on, this is this beats me in my apartment recording at my like kitchen table. So Well, I'm happy to have you, man. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, so... Um, I kind of want to start out at like the beginning, I guess. Like, where are you from in St. Are you from St. Louis originally? Yes, I am. So, uh, was raised in Eureka, Missouri, out by Six Flags. Mm-hmm. Was out there, and then uh, I think about twenty, I moved out, moved downtown for three years after I got out of my parents, and then uh, now I'm in uh, Sunset Hills. So sticked around. Yeah. So, um, did you like? go to college around here? Did you go to college? Did you like, when did your entrepreneurial journey kind of start? Yeah. So I went to, uh, after I graduated from Eureka high school, I went to St. Louis community college Wildwood. I only was there for like three months before I dropped out and I had been doing sales since I was 17. So I started doing door to door sales at 17 for a uh, home improvements company. Mm-hmm. And uh, fell in love with it. I cared about that job more than I did uh, high school at the time. Mm-hmm. It definitely showed. And then uh, at uh, 19, I you leveraged my ability to sell well and got a job selling cars at Sunset Ford off uh, Lindbergh and Gravoy here in St. Louis. And uh, yeah, so worked in sales a little bit longer and then eventually after I realized that uh, selling cars was not the epitome of a business person, I stopped selling cars and started working for a startup company. And that's when I started learning a bit more about business. Gotcha. So, so when you, you said school wasn't really for me, right? Yeah. Um, did you like have the drive right away to find a business or were you like always business minded to where like, when you decided school wasn't for me, I'm going to start my own? Or were you kind of like in limbo land for a little bit, trying to figure out what you wanted to do with your life? I've just always had, uh, school wasn't for me because I, I, I've always had a lot of energy and the ability to hyper-focus on things and do really well at things that I am passionate about. And uh, school, whether maybe it was the the lack of going over subject matter that I was passionate about or the way they went about teaching wasn't the way I intake knowledge, perhaps. Um, wasn't the place I could get my energy out to and not something I was able to hyper-focus on. So like 
at 17, for example, when I got that job selling door to door, that was something I enjoyed doing. I didn't really care about home improvements too much, but the act of selling and uh, successfully selling is like the same feeling I got when I played soccer and scored a goal. You know what I mean? Indoor futsal, whatever. And uh, it's some, it's like um, back then it was something I could hyper-focus on that I was passionate about and really enjoyed doing. And so, no, I didn't know at a young age, like 17 or even 19 or even 21, for example, that I knew I wanted to start my own business or that I want, was going to be an entrepreneur. I just knew that I really liked sales mm-hmm. and selling and the feeling of doing that. And I uh, did a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of listening to books, watching videos about it, and just poured through and learned a lot about the subject of selling and, and consulting and psychology behind that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess just by working sales jobs, I inevitably started working at a startup and sold there in an inside sales position rather than face-to-face over the phone. And when you're at a startup, you get... Uh, you're subject to a lot of things that you're not subject to at a large enterprise. Like if I work at Apple as a software engineer, I'm probably not going to rub shoulders with Tim Cook every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas at a startup, you are going to rub shoulders with the people that run the company quite often. So you learn a lot of things that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Um, And through that, I learned to love business itself. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Sales is, is probably one of the most valuable skills anyone can have, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, every business needs sales. If you can't sell it, it doesn't matter how good your product is. Yeah. Well, and even if you're not selling in a sales position, you are selling yourself constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, let's circle back to what I just said. Like if you're a software engineer at Apple and you have an idea, like you have to sell that idea to whoever your superior is within that company Um, and let's say you don't have a job, you're talking to a friend, you're convincing them that you want to do this instead of that, you're selling yourself there. I mean, even in the smallest things in life to the biggest things in life, you're selling constantly. You're just not thinking of it as sales, perhaps. Right. You know? That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I think um, there was a book, I think, that Grant Cardone wrote. I think it was called Seller Be Sold, and he kind of made a similar comparison because he was telling this story about how he was trying to get the girl of his dreams and she kept, you know, brushing him off, but he continued to sell like himself almost to to his future wife now. So of yeah, I mean, you're always selling, whether it's a job you're applying to or trying to get validation from your superiors in your job or whatever. So. Yeah. Now getting a partner in sales is uh, very much the same thing. You got to build rapport, build value and close the deal. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I looked at your website and, and I, I kind of rushed up on some of your videos and stuff. And you were telling a story about um, how you were job hopping for a while. Yeah. And then that is kind of what launched you into your full-time gig now or or entrepreneurship. So can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Basically, I just couldn't find something that I was passionate to sell, for example. Like I didn't care. I stayed at Midtown Home Improvements for on and off for three years. I but despite that, wasn't passionate about home improvements. I stayed at Sunset Ford selling cars for only six months. Definitely did not care about cars very much, despite being very good at selling cars. Um, always been a top producer in the sales jobs I've had, but never really cared about what I was selling. The first time I think I cared about what I was selling, for example, was at the first startup company I worked at. It was a credit repair company. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I cared about selling that is because we are helping people get uh, their credit into shape in order to buy a home, which improves their life. So instead of renting, now they can buy a house, which is a better situation. That I could get behind. I stayed there for a while because of that. Um, but after that, that's when the job hopping occurred. I think I was 21 years old, and between 21 and 23 and a half or maybe closer to 24, I had job hopped between, I want to say six or seven jobs. I'm not sure the exact number. I'd have to think about it more thoroughly, but uh, which is a lot of jobs for uh, a three to four year period of time, Mm -hmm. obviously. And I just did, I knew what I was doing to everyone else. It was like resume suicide at the time, obviously. You don't want to 
hand someone your resume, they see you worked at six or seven different places within a short period of time, that looks terrible, right? Uh, but what I was trying to do is figure out in an expedited pace what I did and did not like and what I was and was not good at. And I successfully did that. I found out I, I, I love digital marketing. I like helping small, medium, and large enterprises build their revenue mm -hmm. through return on investment advertising. Um, I like the technology side of it. And uh, I found something that I can hyper-focus on because I'm very good at things that I love. I'm admittedly very bad at things that I have no interest in. Right. And so that's, that's what I did for that three or four years when I was job hopping is figure out what I didn't, didn't like and uh, what I did like. And after I was done, I said, Hey, okay, I figured it out. This is what I'm going to do. And I stuck to it. It's been almost five years yeah. uh, since I started my first company. Yeah. I think that's such an important um, like concept is like trying new things. Cause I think a lot of people, they kind of get in the, the real world, quote unquote, and they don't, they don't know what they want to do or they're working a job where they don't really like, but they don't know what, like which way to go. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you kind of put yourself out there and try new things, like for me, it was starting like a podcast and a, a, actually it started with a blog, right? Mm -hmm. Me starting that blog eventually led to me doing the podcast. And now it's like allowing me to see other areas of marketing and media that I would have never been exposed to had I not started. Yeah. So I, I agree. I, I think you talking to a lot of people is definitely going to help you figure out what you find interesting. So, yeah, but I mean, just think about it this way, like uh, how society is structured for most people, not all um, is you go to high school. Um, if you're your average middle class student, you're probably going to go to college and that you pick which college you go to at 18 years old on at 17 or 18 years old on average. Then you go to college at 18 then you graduate by 22 to 24 years old. And then based on your degree, you get a job. And so you're very limited in the, in your mind as the college graduate, you're very limited as to what job you, you can get. Mm -hmm. In reality, you're not limited at all. Uh, one thing I most certainly believe is that you can get pretty much any job you want out there as long as it doesn't require a degree. Like, obviously, you, you can't just go and be a doctor or a lawyer unless you can pass the bar in California, which is one of the few states that allow you to do that. But uh, the professions like that, you have to go to school for. But everything else, you could go get a job for that. It may be a little bit harder. You're up against tougher competition that have degrees, but you can. But bottom line, most people are choosing what they're going to do for the rest of their life, perhaps at 22 to 24 years old. And that's just crazy because your brain's not even done developing until the age of 25 on average. And so how do you know what you do and don't like? You, you, went, to, you went to grade school, you went to high school, you went to college, uh, you picked what your degree was going to be in at a very young age, and now you're getting a job based on what you picked when your brain wasn't even done developing. Right. Like, you probably don't even care about that nearly as much now as when you picked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the way I went about it, to me, uh, seemed very sane mm -hmm. and methodical, while to others it seemed crazy. But I think that's a crazy way to go about things, right. if you ask me. You know. So when you were, like, trying these different jobs and different ventures, I mean, do you – like? what's your viewpoint on failure? Like, do you worry about falling on your face and look like looking like an idiot or have you kind of never really worried about that? Failure. Um, when I was younger, I guess like, uh, when I lost my job selling, uh, selling cars, let's see here. I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast or anything. So when I was, uh, selling cars at 19, uh, that was probably the last time I looked at failures failing. Okay. And what I did was uh, I was a top producer there doing really good. I was the youngest guy they, they hired for a long ass time probably. Uh, cause I was 19 next youngest guy was like 32 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I got caught sleeping in uh, a truck or something. <laughs> and then I think I got ratted out and I didn't even know I had been ratted out. And then I, I like got out of the truck, went to my desk and then I was watching a video about uh, a gameplay video for some video game that was coming out. And then my boss called me into the office and then canned my ass right then and there. Yeah. Um, that fucked me up that I looked at as a failure and was really upset because I was, for some reason, I, I highly uh, valued that job, although I hated like 
cars and learning about cars. Like I just disliked it. The product and service knowledge part of that sales job, I had no interest in at all. But uh, that was the last time I looked at it as a uh, failure as a failure. After that, like I think it was probably a book I read or something that kind of changed my perspective. I forget which book. Um, but I changed my perspective to where failure is um, uh, a, a stepping stone or a learning lesson, you know. And that's really what it is because unless uh, you give up and you decide not to learn from a mistake, that's exactly what it is, is it's progress. Failing is progress. And those three or four years of job hopping and, and, and failing in certain ways really allowed me to get to the place I am now where I'm definitely uh, not failing in my own eyes and probably not in the eyes of others either anymore with the route I've been doing. Like uh, no one really gives a shit when they're choosing my company as a marketing company that before I started my company five years ago, I job hopped for three or four years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, all that was an extremely valuable journey to me because I could have very easily uh, been locked up in a sales job that I hated for five years or 10 years and been miserable mm -hmm. had I not... Uh, taken the leap of faith to make myself look like an idiot in the short term. Cause to me, three or four years when you're in your early twenties is the short term. Um, you know, doing that allowed me to get here. So failure is a great thing. You need to fail. If, you, if you're not, if you're not failing, you're not taking enough risks and you're probably not making enough progress. So, yeah. and I think, um, at least in my opinion, I think when you on the topic of personal branding, someone, mm -hmm when people are like vulnerable and kind of put themselves out there and publicly express their failures, it kind of makes them seem more human and more like likable. So I want to do business with people that are likable, you know, that are like me. I don't, I get, I get like the, the image of, you know, you're killing it. You're, you're never making mistakes or anything, but I think there's also something to be said for someone who's willing to put themselves out there and say, yeah, I, I, I failed in certain areas, but I'm still here. I'm still progressing. I'm learning from it and growing. Well, yeah. I mean, isn't that more relatable too, right? Exactly. What are the people looking at your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok, uh, your Twitter, whatever? Are, are the people looking at your personal brand perfect? No. So they're not going to relate with perfect. Right. Uh, they may think that uh, Lamborghinis and, uh, you know, Louis Vuitton and all that's cool to look at and they might feel envy due to that. But uh, it's not exactly relatable. Perfection isn't relatable. What's relatable is like me, for example, uh, like if I went on my personal brand after this podcast and made a post about like part of my journey that was like real shitty, mm -hmm. that's relatable. Lots mm -hmm. of people, everyone's making mistakes. Everyone's learning lessons, you know. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that personal brands really should be talking about because that's what makes them relatable. And if you're relatable, people are going to be like, oh, well, this guy who's doing pretty good is you know, he had some trouble along the way, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and that makes me feel like I too can, can do better. And yeah. that also is a much more valuable personal brand in my opinion, because don't you want to make some positive change in, right. in people's lives? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're just um, making yourself look perfect, who are you helping at all whatsoever? Right. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, someone might be inspired, I guess, but like, man, I want that. Maybe I'll grind out. But if I, uh, look like I'm successful, but talking about all the shitty stuff that happened along the way, that's going to make it to where the audience is like, well, shit, like, man, he's had it worse than me. Or uh, I almost, ha you know, I have it worse, but not, not too much worse than that. And I, I could do this, you know? Yeah. And that helps inspire people. People like, like people that are like them. Yeah, you know? definitely. So I know that, um, your personal brand is something that you kind of want to really focus on and build over time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's going to be very valuable. I mean, as time goes on is a personal brand. I think you're going to see a lot more companies focusing on personal brands behind the companies more so than trying to hard sell someone. So like what, what's your, I guess, what's your goal with building a personal brand or like, why do you want to focus on that? Um, I want to focus on it because one thing I found out probably just within the past two years or so I've wanted to build my personal brand for much longer than two two years, but the reason why I'm building my personal brand has changed within the past two years, and it's um, I found that like helping others and seeing something I said or or, or an action I took um, 
helps someone else like really um, makes me feel whole, like uh, helping others like truly does like make you happy. And so I want to build my personal brand that way it has more reach. Mm -hmm. Um, That way I have the ability to help more people. Um, And then, of course, uh, inevitably, as a byproduct of that, I will make money off my personal brand as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I own a a few businesses. And so being able to talk about the success stories of these businesses and um, really letting people see my journey to where I'm at, what I'm doing now, talking about uh, Vi Media or the podcast company or, or what have you. Uh, it'll help generate more revenue for the businesses. Um, it'll help the people in the audience if I'm making the right type of content. And it will get me to a place where uh, people can look at the personal brand and decide whether or not if they're a, a prospect or someone that's in my target audience for one of my companies, they can decide whether or not they want to do business with me due to my personal brand more easily or uh, if they're not someone who's in my target audience to be a client, they're someone who is trying to be an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur already themselves, and they find what I'm saying to be valuable. And those are really the, the two reasons I'm trying to build a personal brand. Yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting because we're now kind of in a, a landscape where people are literally building careers around their personal brand. Yeah, 100%. You know, influ- like an influencer is an actual career path now Mm -hmm. whether you love it or hate it it's the future (laughs) no i mean we're here it's not going away yeah yeah so it's interesting it is so um vi media that's your digital marketing agency um tell me a little bit about that and how that started yeah so uh vi media is a full service digital marketing agency headquartered here in st louis but we do business with uh companies all over the country and some out of the country as well uh, we're an ROI-focused digital marketing company. So what that means is uh, our, the services we try to focus on are, are paid advertising on social media platforms, uh, paid advertising on search engines like Google Pay-Per-Click, for example, mm-hmm. uh, search engine optimization, uh, SEO, which is making your website show up when people are searching for a service or product that you offer, uh, web page design and development, and then uh, branding and videography. Mm-hmm. So w- our whole goal is just to make it to where when companies spend, and this is just for the sake of math, if a company spends $10,000 a month with us, we want to make sure they make $7,000 a month off of that 10000 spent or more or a little less. But we want to make sure they're getting a return on their investment. And that's really the focus of our company because – just uh, like credit repair uh, industry that I was in, uh, digital marketing has like a stigma to it because cost of entry to be a digital marketer is you have a laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have a laptop and then I think it costs 59 bucks to file LLC in the state of Missouri. So you hardly have to have any money to start being a digital marketer. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to that, there's not a lot of digital marketing companies that can actually execute. That are legit. Yeah, that are legit. So that being the case, we focus on uh, making our clients money because that's at the end of the day, that's what most clients care about is that when they're paying for advertising, that it's affecting their bottom line. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many clients we've gotten that uh, just are scared shitless because the previous three, three marketing companies they did business with, you know, promise them the world and they didn't get shit out of it. And then so. it gives the marketing agencies, a ba- like the, the industry as a whole, kind of a bad rap. 100%. So like when you were first starting this, how did that look? Like was it you by yourself running these ad campaigns for different businesses or, or how did it develop over time? Yeah, so it was not always ROI driven. Like uh, I was very much an amateur. I was very much one of those people I'm talking about yeah. right now who like the who I'm like, oh shit, it gives it a bad stigma. So I had just stopped working at a startup called iAutoAgent and was sitting outside of Starbucks. And at this point, I had been thinking about starting my own company for a year to to a year and a half, probably. Um, And uh, I had tried convincing uh, business associates I had worked with at these many companies that I had worked with uh, the past four years prior. Uh, But most of them were older in their 30s to 60s, so they had no interest in going in the business. Mm -hmm. 
uh, with me at the time. And then all my friends were finishing up college or, uh, you know, they had just finished college and got their first big boy or big girl job, what have you. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I was outside Starbucks, filed LLC. And uh, after that, I think at the time I had two or three clients only paying me like a few hundred bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And all I was doing for them was posting on, I, I built them a, a personal brand. So I, I built them a Twitter. Uh, Google Plus was a thing at the time. So Google Plus, a LinkedIn profile, a Facebook uh, public figure page, depending on which industry they were in. Sometimes it was an entrepreneur page or a different type of page. And then uh, an Instagram, because uh, TikTok wasn't a thing yet, neither was Clubhouse. So uh, built them those platforms out, and then I'd post for them on a monthly basis. And there was no strategy behind it besides I'm going to make your posts look better than what you have now, which is either really shitty looking post or nothing at all. Right. And due to this, uh, when people are looking into you, you're going to look more legitimate, which will help you close sales. Right. And that was basically the theory or the strategy behind what I was doing at the time. Uh, and I didn't charge very much, thank God, because it probably wasn't too effective because I didn't know what I was doing yet because um, I just started out. Um, but I ended up, I was good at sales. So I had eventually, I think a few weeks after I'd file LLC, uh, was going to start doing it full time. And uh, I had uh, I was on my way to sign a deal that was going to solidify being uh, solidify, allowing me to live off of the company I just started without having to get a job. Mm -hmm. And on my way to signing this deal it was with a mortgage company, and I was going to sign up my first company rather than a personal brand for the first time. On my way there, as I was pulling in, it was raining. I had. Uh, I was turning, pressed the brakes, skidded out, wrecked my car into a curb, and uh, this was right in front of their building. I was like literally 200 feet from parking and uh, totaled my car. And so I drove barely, like my car was broken, making tons of sound, but it was somehow still drivable, got it into the parking lot, went inside. And uh, if I didn't ink that deal, I would have been too broke to replace my car at the time. Yeah. And so I would have definitely had to get a job, not started my company and like been out of a car until like probably until I had a few paychecks, at least from whatever job I would have gotten. Mm -hmm. So this is a make it or break it and probably wouldn't have started by media had I not inked that deal. But I went in and sold the deal and uh, then started like really doing by media full time. A few months later, I signed more deals in between. Uh, then and then and uh, hired someone and then got an office in uh, right in West County here in St. Louis by uh, West County Mall. And then a couple a year later, I got a bigger office and more employees and so on and so forth. Just kind of snowballed from there. Then. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Talk right. about pressure. Yeah, no, that was real high pressure. But that's one thing I do like is being under pressure. Yeah. So, yeah, I've learned over time that putting yourself in those those like high pressure positions kind of force you to, to show a different side of yourself that you wouldn't show otherwise. No, it, it helps me tremendously. Yeah. So. so when you were like building your company, um, were you pretty much just like self-taught throughout this whole thing or how were you like, like what resources were you using to, to learn digital marketing and really elevate your game there? Read a lot of books. Mm -hmm. Uh, I should say I listened to a lot of books, read a few books and then, uh, I watched a ton of videos and then surrounded myself with people who knew what they were doing. You know, I was really good at selling. I'd say probably my first, uh, you know, uh, my apologies to you and I do business with most of you now, but, uh, my first four or five clients, you know, probably shouldn't have been paying me to do digital marketing for them in all honesty. Uh, but then I started hiring people that knew exactly what they were doing. And I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from reading, a lot from listening to books, a lot from YouTube, for example. Digital marketing is one of those things where like the resources you have online are much more useful than the resources that you will find in schools. Like sure. digital marketing changes so fast that what you're learning in school is like at least a year behind the times because there's algorithm updates, new social media platforms like Clubhouse just came out. There's no way that's in the college curriculum already, you right. know. So that being the case, it was uh, 
a very much a grind to learn as much as I possibly could, as fast as I could. That way I, I could be useful to, to my clients right. and, uh, making sure I made the right hires, which we've, we've, we've had some bad picks, but we've had a lot of good picks for em- employees and team members at Vi Media. So, uh, really that's where most of my knowledge comes from is f- through delegation to the right people and cooperation with the right people at the, at the company yeah. over time. That's interesting because uh, when I was in college, um, on the on the topic of like what they teach you in college mm-hmm. and like how digital marketing is more valuable when you're self taught. Mm-hmm. I remember my senior year of college, which was like two years ago, for for reference, they weren't even teaching anything about social media or anything really digital marketing based at that point. And digital marketing has is probably more valuable than just about any other form of marketing, in my opinion. Well, a hundred percent is. Yeah. And it's just crazy how, you know, these big institutions, big colleges are so behind the time sometimes. And, and that kind of goes to the point that you said where social media is just constantly adapting, constantly changing and constantly improving. Yeah. No, it's, it's changing really fast. Uh, there's a college here in, in St. Louis, uh, called, uh, Umsel, you know, mm-hmm. of it. And, uh, I was talking with, uh, this was years ago, probably three years ago, and I was talking with the director of the digital marketing program there, and uh, not to hate on UMSL, I'm sure it, it seems to be the same at other colleges too, but like like what they were, they didn't even learn how to run a paid ad in their digital right. marketing program. Right. They learned how to post. These, these kids already know how to post, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're posting all the time. Well, that's not really helping them at all whatsoever. And at most digital marketing companies that are worthwhile, they too care about providing a return on investment to their clients. Therefore, posting isn't very valuable at all. Learning how to run paid ads is valuable. But most colleges aren't giving these kids a budget to run paid ads with, obviously. So how are they going to learn the things they actually need to learn, like paid advertising on search engines, paid paid advertising on social media channels? The professors, I mean, one, every individual type of job in digital marketing is a full-time job. Uh, A Facebook ad is three full-time jobs. You have a videographer, the guy who does the targeting, the guy who writes writes the copy, and then maybe a fourth, the guy who does the graphic design. That's four full-time jobs for one service we offer. Mm -hmm. How's a professor going to know all four of those? You know what I mean? How's a curriculum going to possibly slam in all of that Mm -hmm. into a to, to one thing, not to mention how digital marketing companies run their, I'll call it an assembly line. Basically, like, let's say we're about to launch a Facebook ad. I just said four things that go into that. You basically have an assembly line of processes that occur when launching a Facebook ad. Uh, how is a curriculum going to go over all of those? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's just so much there. And I would assume that because digital marketing is such like a new field, a lot of the people teaching it, they, they don't they don't have real world experience with it. Yeah. No, I mean one, it's a very new field. Digital marketing, even though it's been very prominent since I wanna say it's been extremely prominent since two thousand eleven and ex- even exponentially more prominent every single year, but the past five years especially it's been super prominent. That's really young. Ten years is very young mm-hmm. for an industry. Um, there's there's no way that that's enough time for anyone that's teaching it to learn everything they need to, right. to be um, a master of teaching it to others. Uh, we learn new things mm-hmm. every single day at right. work, you know, every single day. And so it's, it's tough. If there was um, like one area of digital marketing that you think is the most valuable or, or that you think a company or someone trying to build a personal brand should focus on, if they had to pick one, what do you think that would be? Like a channel or? Yeah, like whether it be like search engine optimization or like paid ads Um, or social media. For what purpose? I I think, yeah, it's kind of a loaded question. I think it kind of depends on what. For the personal brand you said? I'd say let's do personal brand and then also like a company. Okay, so if they're trying to build their personal brand, really learning organic. I mean, just posting, honestly, coming up with really good content Therefore, I would learn video, you know, mm-hmm. I would learn how to edit video and shoot video, um, start a podcast. This is a form of really good content right here. You're, mm-hmm. you're producing amazing content for your personal brand by having a podcast. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you're learning how to do video, that's the best type of content you could do. And that's what a personal brand's all about is producing really good content. That way people want to follow you. Um, So, but for a company, something completely different. It's all about uh, driving revenue for your company or your, your clients if you're a marketing company like us. So if you're trying to learn a digital marketing um, strategy for your company, I'd say it's probably uh, paid ads on search engines, most likely, because mm-hmm. um, that can produce short-term results, uh, although it is medicinal, because if you stop paying for the ads, they stop giving you the results. But that's why uh, there's search engine optimization. So, But yeah, paid ads for companies and then uh, video content for personal brands. Yeah. Yeah, digital marketing is such a cool, a, a cool field because there's like so many different rabbit holes to go into and so many different ways to veer off into different paths. There's so much variety. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I know that you're also kind of involved in some other ventures outside of um, Vi Media. So, yep. what are some of those? Yeah, so we're sitting in one right now. This is called uh, Half Coast Studios, which is a podcast recording and distribution studio. Uh, basically, um, people pay a monthly membership, and then they can come in, record their podcast, sit here like me and you are right now, um, have their podcast on audio, video, and uh, push it out. We push it out onto Spotify, Apple, Amazon, uh, Google, and uh, I want to say nine other audio channels. And then we also push it, help you push it out on the social media channels and YouTube. And depending if you have other needs, we can cater to that as well. But basically the membership, you pick how many times a month you want to record and then you come in that many times a month. We do all the heavy lifting. You just sit in the chair and, Mm -hmm. you know, have fun. Right. So, and then the uh, other one is not so glorious. It's a farmer's insurance agency. Um, But basically that uh, helps us offer really good insurance options to our our clients on the marketing side because we're... Obviously, we do business with a lot of other businesses at Vi Media, and not only are we able to offer them marketing services, but now we're also able to offer them insurance services. And then, of course, we offer insurance to consumers as well. Um, but uh, that's definitely not my day job. Yeah. So, so why why are you having all these like different ventures? Is it just to create as many revenue streams as possible, and then you more or less take more of a managerial role in each? I think the average millionaire has seven uh, uh, streams of revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so have, it is to create additional streams of revenue, mm-hmm. but also I'm very um, self-aware of spreading myself too thin. So I make sure that everything I'm doing remains within the same vertical in a sense. Although uh, a farmer's insurance agency and Vi Media may not sound like they're within the same vertical, um, some of the services they offer complement each other well, like offering insurance to our clients at Via Media. Yeah. Um, of course, podcasting is a form of digital marketing, um, so that is very much aligned with Via Media services. And there's a lot of cross-selling going on, where some of our clients at Via Media end up becoming a client here at Half Coast Studios, and some of our clients at Half Coast Studios become a client of Via Media. So I make sure that everything I'm involved in and everything I will build in the future, because there's more to come, remains within the same vertical and they complement each other in a cross-selling way. And uh, they complement our clients and benefit our clients as well. Mm -hmm. Do you struggle with kind of balancing it all out? No, no. I did it first. Uh, The second company I started was Half Coast Studios. And when I first started that, yeah, it was hard to balance it out because going from an entrepreneur to a multi, multiple entrepreneur uh, that that was a that was a leap and definitely a learning process um, but you have to learn you have to find good people and you got to learn how to delegate like via media is very much my day job now that's the company I'm the CEO at that's the one I run um, there's a different CEO here at Half Coast Studios. There's a different uh, person who runs the Farmers Insurance Agency. We have another company I won't talk about that someone else runs that. Um, so, I mean, really making sure that you're not biting off more than you can chew is, is the key. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you also want to make sure that when you do add something to the plate that you know how to manage it well, 
So, I mean, I just have regular meetings scheduled to check in with other companies that aren't by media, see how they're going, lend my hand when it needs to be lent, and and that's about it. Yeah. Do you still, like, um, actively pursue, like, like self-teachings? And and what I mean by that is, like, masterminds or... um, like accountability groups or anything like that with other entrepreneurs or, or how do you like stay top notch, I guess? Um, my client, I mean, I, I deal with entrepreneurs every single day at Vi Media. You know, all of our clients are business owners. Um, so I become friends with most of my clients, the ones I deal with. I don't deal with all my clients personally, but the ones I deal with, I, like I become friends with them, right. you know, and uh, they're using us after all. So they're very successful companies. So, yeah. uh, that being said, those are the people I mingle with. Those are like kind of my mastermind groups, the people I bounce ideas off of, the people I talk to, build relationships with, not to mention my my team members and the the leadership of of Vi Media, Half Coast Studios and the Farmers Insurance Agency, the the leaders that I cooperate with on these uh, various organizations. That's part of my mastermind group too. I mean, we're all very much about holding people accountable. Just recently, all the owners at all the companies, we all decided we're all going to start waking up at 5 a.m. I think this was uh, about a month ago. And now every single day we're on each other's ass to where if you don't wake up at 5 a.m., we're, we're going to you know give you a hard time. So I think that stuff's important, having that accountability. No, definitely. And that, that's that's what you got to do, especially if, if you're not out on your own and you have other people like I do, like making sure that you guys are all on the same page yeah. and uh, you're like trying to help each other improve that you're not staying stagnant because there really is no such thing as stagnant. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. Yep. So making sure that you're making progress forward is key. And that's, that's what me and my partners all do for each other. Does it ever get like overwhelming knowing that you have to constantly produce and constantly grow? No, I mean, I, I I'm used to it now. Um, I mean, not going to lie. There's always those, those times and those, those, those sleepless nights where you get overwhelmed and you get stressed out or worried or whatnot, but that, that just, it's part of the job, you know, um, you get desensitized to the, um, the weight you carry on your shoulders, I would say. Um, and it's a good thing that you get desensitized to it because it would suck to feel like I did when I started, uh, forever. So, uh, but no, it, it, it's uh, it's not overwhelming anymore. You just have to learn how to manage it. If I wasn't managing it correctly, like if I just didn't follow my routines for literally a couple of days, I would feel all the weight over again. You know, mm-hmm. I have certain routines I follow. I stick to them. If I don't stick to them, it's noticeable very quickly, and I have to get back in the groove. Otherwise, it, it hurts. Yeah. So, what are some of those routines? I mean, waking up at five, working out for twenty minutes twice a day, yeah. five days a week. Not very long, but it's it's what works for me. I do body weight workouts, as you can tell. I'm not just ripped out of my mind or anything. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, making sure I don't. This is the part that I, I'm improving on right now. Making sure I'm eating the right foods. Luckily, my metabolism is 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 great, so I I don't pay too much attention to what I'm eating. But uh, making sure like uh, your your mind is right yeah. is like key for me. And like, um, there's a study out there that was saying if working out when you work out 90% of the changes are occurring in your brain, not, not your body. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, that really says something and fitness is very much a part about a part of business. Like, so making sure you're at least doing something to improve your, your body and your mind. Um, so waking up at 5am, working out twice a day, five days a week, uh, eating right, drinking a gallon of water a day, um, which is, harder than it sounds because uh, you just forget. And then making sure I don't miss, like I'm 15 minutes early to every single meeting, like just really basic stuff really. Mm-hmm. But things that a lot of people, um, things a lot of people, when they hear them, they think they're basic stuff, but a lot of people just don't do them yeah. re- really. How so. you do the little things is is how you do everything. Yeah, like make my bed every single day as soon as I wake up, that kind of shit. Yeah. You know, it, it, it creates routine and discipline. Yeah, so. I, I think the older I get, the more I realize how important routine is. And going to the gym especially, like you said, like it gives me a like sharper mental focus, I think, 100%. throughout my whole day. So um, so what's the future for you? Like, uh, you know, you have all these different ventures going on. Or is there like any big um, goal you're chasing? Or are you kind of just playing it by ear right now? 
Um, no, always have goals in mind, uh, revenue goals. Uh, and then of course goals for, uh, the next step, um, Vi media, when I s- started it, it wasn't, it wasn't too long after I started it, probably a year after I started it, that I realized that I was going to use it as leverage to start other businesses or take equity in existing businesses. Mm-hmm. After we got good at marketing and providing ROI, for example, uh, like right now we're looking at an HVAC company, a landscaping company, and then a junk hauling company that we want to take a, take equity in an existing one or find someone who's very experienced in the industry and start a company with them in exchange for exclusively marketing for them mm. and not anyone else in the industry. Um, and the reason we're able to do that and have already done that in one industry is because we're really good at providing an ROI for those types of businesses. So we already have clients in those industries. We want to now take what we've learned working for our clients and help grow our own organization within those industries. And so that's kind of the move right now. We're moving into a different phase where we have enough clients that are bringing in revenue for Vi Media and everything's kosher there. Now we want to take it up to the next level and actually start companies in various industries using Vi Media as a catalyst hmm. for those companies. So, for example, if I uh, I find my buddy Evan, he's a he's a real good handyman and he works at an HVAC company. Um, let's say I was like, hey, Evan, I'll, I'll, I'll take 50% of an HVAC company's equity if you start it with me and you run it the day-to-day. Vi Media will do all the marketing for free mm-hmm. in exchange for the equity. Um, that's the kind of deals we're, we're cracking right now and working on. Yeah, so like finding someone who are partnering with people that kind of your skill set complements their skill set almost? Yeah, I mean... It, Finding someone who who already does HVAC, uh, heating and cooling every single day, full time, but they they want to make more money and they want to be an entrepreneur and they want to take the next step, um, but they don't know digital marketing because they're an HVAC guy, right? right? So we would do all the marketing for them, help them take the, their life to the next level, as well as make a lot more money for Vi Media that way because we have 50% equity in the company. So we're getting half of the profits mm. of that company just by doing what we're already doing, you know, yeah. for clients. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, man, I want to wrap it up with my, my two final questions sure. that I ask all my guests. Um, the first one is, if you could have lunch with anybody, dead or alive, who would that be and why? Elon Musk. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people would say that nowadays. Uh, I just find him a very inspiring figure the one it'd be a good time because he seems like a a meme lord and uh (laughs) you know uh seems like he has sense of humor but i also would just ask a lot of questions about business and entrepreneurship and mindset and what he does routines wise really because really figuring out what those kind of people are doing routines wise would be extremely helpful yeah Cause I'm sure they're on a next level with their routines. Cause he uh, similar to myself, except he's on a whole nother level. He's running multiple organizations, which is part of the reason why I'd talk to him over some other entrepreneurs out there. Cause lots of the richest people in the world, they're, they're running one show and they're doing it really well. Mm-hmm. He is involved in a lot of businesses and I'd love to see how he goes about doing that. He, yeah, he is so interesting. Yeah. I swear he's half robot. Yeah. <laughs> and he has me. So. <laughs> I, um, don't quote me on it, but I, I feel like I, I saw a video of him saying, speaking or whatever. And he, you know, as one of the richest guys on this planet, he was preaching about how he's thinking of like selling all of his stuff and kind of going the minimalist route. Yeah. I think he's already done it, which is mind blowing. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think he's just given the people what they want. Like lots of people were ripping on Jeff Bezos uh-huh. because you know, He's super rich and does, I I don't know what he does with his money, but what I was reading on social media and God knows if it's true is he doesn't do much to help people with his money. Yeah. And I don't know if he does or doesn't, but I feel like Elon, he very much cares about his personal brand and, uh, um, he's a people pleaser on social media. It seems like, uh, so I think he, when he became the richest person in the world, I don't know if he still is, but he was for a short period of time, just a week or two ago, he might still be. Uh, after he became the richest person in the world, I think he was trying to avoid getting that stigma now that he was the richest person in the world. So mm-hmm. he announced he's going to go minimalist. Yeah. 
Super cool, dude. I, I would love to sit down with him. Yeah, that would be a good time. All right, last one. Um, if you could go back in time and give a younger version of yourself a piece of advice, what would that be? Um, don't be so hard on yourself and uh, be patient. Th- those two things. Because I was like really hard on myself because lots of people gave me shit for the unorthodox path that I took to get to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, parents were real hard on me because they didn't understand. Uh, friends, people I went to high school with that I wasn't even friends with were, were assholes, you know, just, just everyone. It was, it was, it was a tough journey and I was hard on myself because of it. And then be patient. I mean, I, I, uh, was always in a rush to get from A to Z, um, and not, uh, being patient with the journey. Nowadays I'm real patient and, uh, I think life Although it flies by pretty quick the older you get, I think it's also a little bit longer than we think it is. So being patient and really sticking to the plan and not trying to rush things and thinking more methodically. So That's something I've been trying to get better on is not having so many expectations and, and not trying to control everything. Just kind of allow things to work out how they're supposed to work out. Hmm. Within reason, of course. Yeah, of course. Within reason. But also, man, I appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate you having me in the studio. Where can um, people connect with you on social media or just follow you online? Yeah, uh, Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T-E, Atkins, A-T-K-I-N-S, on all social media platforms. You can go to GarrettAtkins.com or you can search on Google Garrett Atkins St. Louis or Garrett Atkins Entrepreneur. Awesome, man. Thanks a bunch. Thank you for having me on, man. Appreciate it.